Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello, good evening and welcome to Gatecast episode 227. I'll leave our special guests to introduce themselves. Lads? Well, I'm Adam Half. And I'm Paul Finch. And we are both of the wonderful podcast previously in the Alpha Quadrant. And that covers Star Trek Enterprise. Yes. And yeah. other things and penis tricks. <laughs> Basically whatever we feel like. But at our core, we are an Enterprise podcast. Yeah. We have branched out into other things when we get bored. It's not always the same thing each week. Yeah, how could you get bored of Star Trek, though? Come on. You'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Season 2 Enterprise is... Uh pretty much a bit of a turn off to anyone i really challenge anyone to get through season two enterprise and not have to do a couple of bonus episodes that involve non-star trek stuff hmm. really surprised that we kept the listeners through that season yeah it definitely we've had a massive jump in listeners since we hit season three where things started to get a bit more exciting again it's a pity the show didn't get that same boost when it was on upn yeah i i think that rather than like a stake through the heart died off an infection that was season two that it took two years to kill it yeah i thought they had five seasons no four unfortunately people know bits about season five because they're supposed to be doing the romulan war but it was one of the things that was never realized i think they had got quite far with the planning like they had renders of the ship because they were going to fit an engineering deck to the ship so it looked more like kirk's enterprise primary difference between Paramount and Warner Brothers is when they cancelled the show, they didn't immediately delete all of the CG models and destroy all the footage. I don't know if there was any footage shot as such, but there was definitely some scripts kicking about and some concept art. It's so hard to tell now because computers have come such a long way that fans can make a pretty realistic representation of a Star Trek ship and you can almost pass it off as a kind of 2005 professional render. Final episode of Enterprise was a bit of an abomination. Oh, I don't know. Adam really likes it. <laughs> Does he? Yeah, he loves uh, it. So there is one. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch it and go in there with an open mind, it's not too bad. If you've just watched season four and watched that, you think, oh, that's a bit boo. I really don't like it. Not only kind of ruins the end of Enterprise, it also ruins the TNG episode Pegasus because it just doesn't fit together at all. And Riker's fat. Troy can't hold an accent anymore. She never could hold an accent. She did a decent Russian when she guest starred on Stargate. Oh, I forgot about that. She was in the one episode, there wasn't she? Yeah. There must be quite a lot of Star Trek Stargate crossover. I mean, would you say about kind of a quarter of the actors that have been in Star Trek have also popped up in Stargate at some point? There have certainly been a few. The Doctor, for one. Yeah, John Belinsley, he was Dr. Combs. Oh, yeah. Just for the one episode. If you like John, watch Intelligence. Is that the new film that's in... It's a TV show about a guy with a microchip in his head. Right. But John Billingsley's in every episode that I've watched so far. Ah, right, right. I was thinking of a film called Unbelievable that's in production now, and it seems to pretty much be made out of ex-Star Trek alumni. Is that the one I linked to you ages ago with? got a puppet Captain Kirk, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, I so think it is that. Imagine a Team America puppet of Captain Kirk, and they've got Tim Ross, who plays Tuvok, they've got, I think they've got Connor Trenere, they've got Fanny and Trenami. <laughs> they have quite a few people. 
Yeah, it's got Armin Schumann, Walter Koenig, Linda Park, Robert Picardo, Chase Masterson, Nana Visitor, John Billingsley, Jeffrey Holmes, Michael Dorn, and that's like the main cast. And if you look at like the extras, there's loads of other Star Trekky people in there. Hello, I'm Mark. And I'm Kirsty. We bring you Two to Beam Up, a Star Trek original series episode review podcast. Never watched the original series and my husband here tells me that it's worth watching. So listen every other week and find out what I think. So are you looking forward to this? To doing the podcast, yes. Uh, watching the episodes, well, we'll see, won't we? you love it. Hmm. So keep an eye out on our forum at forum.trekmatefamily.com and on our Twitter account at trekmate1701. See you later. Yeah, so I didn't actually, as I said, I've not really watched Atlantis a lot. I didn't realise there was a, a Scottish doctor in it. Oh, yes. Uh, a rarity in science fiction where we actually have a Scottish character from Scotland. Yeah. It sounds like he is putting on the accent a little bit. It is a little bit Scotty. I read that he's kind of Canadian, but was born in Scotland and lived in Scotland for a couple of years. Close enough. At least he's not Canadian-Canadian. Like uh, he's not a Jimmy Doon. Aye. He is no Jimmy Doon. And tonight's beverage of choice is Dr. Pepper. Staggeringly popular over here. I've got a Black Isle Brewery Red Kite Ale. It's quite nice. Right. Right, I'm going to finish eating in a minute and then you shouldn't hear the various <laughs> chewing noises. Oh, that's no worries. Alan always has a bag of sweeties. <laughs> yes, tonight's is Remix 2 with minimal licorice. It is virtually impossible to buy a bag of sweeties in this country without licorice. I can't really licorice it. There's something about it that doesn't agree with me. Don't move to Finland, then. <laughs> How come you're in Finland? Master's degree, then hopefully another master's degree, and then PhD. Something which my friend Leo reminded me of. When you get a doctorate, they give you a sword. What? What? In Finland, they give you a sword for being a doctor? If you get a doctorate, if you get a PhD, you get an actual sword. Cool. I want my sword. Go forth and pillage. In about five minutes' time, Tanya is going to deliver me a jug of mulled wine. Nice. <laughs> nice, yeah. Yeah, I just basically, like, an hour before I got home, barely talk. And so I've been, like, having, like, hot drinks and, like, throat sweets because the one time I need to talk is right before a podcast, of course. <laughs> so the mulled wine should send me into a nice stupor. As uh, Mike may or may not have mentioned, I got a new thing today. What's that? I now have been tattooed. You've got a tattoo? Mm-hmm. What did you get? Variation on the Babylon 5 shield. All right, where did you get that tattooed about? Left bicep. Was it quite sore? Was it really sore. It's easier on sort of a fleshy bit than it is on a bit that's near a bone. I could imagine that would be quite sore. Mm-hmm. I've never actually, well, not yet anyway, I've never actually liked anything enough to get a tattoo off it. I've had this design for about three years. Have you got other tattoos as well? Oh, no, this is my first. That's your first, right. Because I've heard like quite a few people say that once you have like one or two, you kind of get not Addictive. an addiction for it. Yeah. Like, I know somebody was like, I'm going to get one tattoo and I'll never get another one. And then we're like, next week, they're like, oh, I'm already planning my next tattoo. <laughs> no. About 30 seconds into it, when she was drawing lines down my arm, the thought which flashed across my head was, I am never doing this again. Oh, God. The kind of thing where you're in a... Like in the hairdressers and they're doing a, giving you a bad haircut and they're like, do you like it? And you're like, yeah, yeah. I know. I was reasonably vocal in my... Uh, you know, my brother said, this is a typical immediately older Irish brother. 
He's like, did you cry like a little girl? I didn't, but I will tweet them onto the Gatecast feed later. You should get a Stargate tattooed around your arse. <laughs> yeah. No. You have to do your own kawooshes, though. No, the tattoo looks good. Yeah, I don't know if that counts as PG-13 or not. You don't, you're not showing nipples, so it's okay. You got side boob. So you got that done today? Yes. It looks surprisingly not sore right now. <laughs> if you got um, all wrapped it, up in cling film. It was, but I took that off. With it. it finished at half three, so I took the cling film off about two and a half hours ago. So does it kind of feel a bit like sunburn? Pretty much. I got this cream that they advised me to buy in the pharmacy and put on it. I mean, when I removed the cling film, there was not insignificant amount of blood gathered around the masking tape at the bottom. Would you get a tattoo, Adam? Nah. I'd have to find something I really, really liked. Uh, my mold wine has been delivered. I was watching the special features on the season 9 Blu-rays of Smallville and finally got around to season 10. And they were talking about Zod, played excellently by Callum Blue. The thing which does superhero skits with action figures. And it's like, kneel before Zod, and then it pulls back. And lie down before Zod. Raise your legs on the count of five before Zod. You know, so body pump with Zod. <laughs> Zod workout video. Yeah. If you ever listen to the podcast that you host, Alan, you'd notice I included that soundbite in an episode a couple of weeks ago. Oops. Yeah. We, we, had a, we, we once had a co-host called Alan. We never listened to the podcast either. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he... That must be it. Yeah, I'm following he, a fine tradition. He also did the theme to watch Star Trek Enterprise as well, which was a problem. Yeah. <laughs> that could be tricky. Kidnapped by aliens or something. He just disappeared off the face of the world. Come try ya! Okay, the video, we used to have a line as an introduction, as a guide to the start. We haven't got that anymore, so basically you're looking at the black screen, zero, 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 zero on the counter. On that note, I will count down in Finnish. So after I've said three words that you don't understand, and I say clicky, start. While we do try to obviously keep in seeing with what's going on, anything you want to say, don't worry about if you're getting behind on the coverage of the episode. Sure. You can always chop stuff up as and when. Quite frankly, I look for the day when I've got 40 minutes of actual people talking. So whatever takes your fancy, just go for it. Okay. Right. Go me. Gooksy. Ooksy. Clicky. Right then. Nice. You're off to the city? Yeah. So I'm waking up. And it's a trip. Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, if I haven't majorly mispronounced that. Uh, Trinaire. That's rare as normally my testic corrections. Like, I thought he looked younger here than he does in Enterprise. Maybe it's just like the modern day haircut instead of the Star Trek comb over. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I like how he's woken up by himself. I mean, we'll, we're going to get to the importance of yes. who he is later, but he's just in a room by himself. I gotta say, I had no clue. First time I saw this episode, not a bloody clue. I didn't have a clue, but I started getting suspicious later on. Well, probably because they dropped hints. Yeah, the main thing for me was the. Well. Yeah, that did kind of give it away. Yeah. In the commentary, which was done by Martin Wood and Peter DeLuise, they said the initial reveal was much further into the episode. Every time they rewrote, it got a bit quicker. <laughs> and they always wanted to keep it so that the viewers couldn't figure it out because, you know, the personnel on the base were acting just slightly off without revealing anything. Apart from Ronan. <laughs> Apart from Ronan, yes. of course, yes. Full on racist. I'd never seen this before, so it was a brand new surprise for me. But I pretty much <laughs> figured it out when you seen the cheap Scottish calendar saying Ken Moore on it. Yes. 
Oh, I didn't even pick that up. I saw Scottish calendars. I thought, how stereotypical they've given the Scottish doctor a Scottish calendar. <laughs> and how stereotypical that it's a field for the sheep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Paul McGillian actually auditioned for the role of Scotty in the Star Trek movie. Oh, did he? Yeah, he ended up getting a little cameo in the first movie. Oh, really? Yes, he's in it. Oh, well. When they're uh, boarding the Enterprise, you know, all the cadets are loading up yeah. in a scene there with his little Pete hat on. Oh, yeah. Um, he sounds kind of like a less excited Simon Pegg. <laughs> like, it still is a bit of fake Scottish accent. I don't think he, I doubt he actually speaks like that. Oh, he doesn't, no. You have to... Good talking about accents. For the American audience, you have to dumb it down or ham it up, don't you? Oh, yeah. Keep a close eye on him. Until we know more, we need to proceed with caution. This may just be the start of our problems. Right then. Michael. Season 2, episode 18 of Stargate Atlantis. This is Gatecast 227. This episode was written by Carl Binder and directed by Martin Wood. At its Canadian premiere January the 16th, 2006, the Americans got it February the 24th, and we got it March 1st. The French got it July the 1st, the Swedish July the 16th, 2007, and the Japanese November 28th. And there were a few series with episodes of the same name. Glee, Room Raiders, My New Best Friend, and Tattoo Nightmares. When did it get premiered in Iraq? I'm not sure about that. (laughs) No, it's not happened yet, it's next week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so no spoilers. (laughs) Carl Binder, the writer of this episode, he wrote two episodes of SG-1, 14 episodes of Stargate Atlantis, and six episodes of Stargate Universe. He also wrote on LA Complex, Cedar Cove, and Transporter the series. The director, Martin Wood, he directed 47 episodes of SG-1, 29 of Atlantis. He also directed episodes of Cedar Cove, Arctic Air, Primeval New World, and Sanctuary. That doesn't look like insulin, that looks like urine. Yeah. I looked at those vials and I thought, they're urine samples. Why is he injecting them with urine samples? It's like a sadistic doctor. Like, you know what I did for laugh? Injected him with piss. Yeah. <laughs> he said he felt better. It's Ken Moore whiskey. Michael, we believe you may be suffering from what's called generalised dissociative amnesia, which usually occurs as a result of significant trauma. Trauma caused by the wraith. So he had amnesia, apparently. Yeah, so the catch-all for any plot. In the meantime, we'll do our best to help you fill in the gaps. And we bit at a time so as not to completely overwhelm you. As they pointed out, he suddenly became Texan. How much worse could it get? How much worse could it get? <laughs> oh, you have no idea. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, What kind of accident would he have if he'd gone through that? You wouldn't know, would you? No, it'd be some sort of generic catch-all accent. Yeah, but they're like, oh, he sounds like a Texan. Well, that's convenient. Well, Peter DeLuise was surprised it was Texan because he thought, hang on a minute, he was from the South in Enterprise, wasn't he? Yeah, he's maybe from Florida in Enterprise. I'm not really sure how similar the accent is between Florida and Texas. It's not, I've been in both. Hello, Michael. I'm Taylor. You look familiar. Do I know you? Yes. I take it Florida is not as um, twangy as Texan. It's hard to get a native Floridian that Florida's full of old people who've moved there to die. Ah, right, okay. It's a bit like Eastbourne, full of newly dead and nearly wed. <laughs> newly wed, nearly dead. God's waiting room. I was at Open University Students Union Convention in Eastbourne. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Did you like Eastbourne? Ah, uh, I was drinking at the time, so I really didn't care where I was once <laughs> I got a point. Taylor plays this very well. She does. 
considering her background with the Wraith. Yeah, I mean, she's the one that is generally nice to him and look happens to her. Yeah, there's still a hesitance. Yeah, there's quite hesitance. There's not from him, though. I mean, he's probably got an erection under those. Yes, there was mild flirting going on there. Were you part of the team that rescued me? Yes. Well, then that makes you even more heroic. Do you remember the first episode she appears and I thought she was actually a hallucination? You did. Because Rachel was the only one that was talking to her. And Rachel was under severe mental strain, so I figured Rachel had imagined this psychiatrist. Yeah, clear ranking, returning to the series. Oh, that'd be quite good, though, if you're watching this series or something, thinking one of the characters was just a mental delusion of somebody. <laughs> yes. It worked for the Fight Club movie. It did. Everyone seems to have very tight-fitting T-shirts in Stargate Atlantis. <laughs> they do. Well, the thing is, apparently, Tori's uh, wardrobe, none of it fitted. So she went with the one T-shirt she got that actually didn't look loose and baggy and terrible. Do you think he's ready to be released? I do. I don't think that's such a good idea. We still don't know if there are any residual effects he might be carrying around. What do you think, Doctor? Is he ready to join the community? A change of scenery could be very beneficial to him. They've also got the Bluetooth headsets on, haven't they? They're about to like sing at a concert. Tricky, no matter what the science fiction show is, getting some sort of mass communication on a base or a ship that looks practical and, you know, you think, well, but you need to be able to call anybody at any time. I'm assuming it's using some sort of bone conduction because that mic is way too far back from the mouth to pick up any audio directly. These are your quarters. Here's some regional inverse racism because he's taxing, he'd obviously have to have a cowboy hat. <laughs> it's like if he was Scottish, you'd have to have a sporran in his room. Is it a laptop, a photo to old people? It is a cowboy hat. You come from a place called Texas. Texas. I would have liked it if they'd gone the extra level and photoshopped his face in the background pictures of parties and things. Yes, a few extra little touches would have made all the difference. They're your parents. I'm not quite sure I'd be happy about having security cameras in my private rooms. Ah, hey, what happened to the um, to the blue jello? My favourite, all of a sudden it's off the menu. What gives it? Oh, Blue Jello reference. Yes. I like how they've got kitchen porters in Atlantis. Like, how do you apply for that job? <laughs> yeah. You need security clearance to be a dishwasher. An off-world dishwasher. Well, we had a conversation about, is there a hairdresser in the city? Good point, actually. Oh, Looking at Rodney, probably not. I do like McKay's total nervousness or inability to act cool in any situation. Well, yeah, but that's just McKay. I know, but that's, that's what's great about his character, other than his heroic complex. Doctor. They made a point when McKay held his hand out that Michael would hesitate, not quite sure about the custom of shaking hands, what it implied. I have some bodyguards following me around everywhere, and Colonel Shepard's probably somewhere close by. They want to keep an eye on me in case I suddenly you know, freak out. That's <laughs> freak out, yes. Well, but I, I don't think you're, I mean, you're not going to, you're fine, aren't you? funny how for Stargate Universe they pretty much combined the two doctors and one person to create what was his name again the guy the Robert Carlyle's character Rush yeah I've only seen one episode of the universe and I've had the show described to me as a Scottish guy lost in space with a bunch of Americans slowly getting more frustrated and pissed off with them <laughs> it's an interesting take Yes, the show was really getting good when it got cancelled, unfortunately. I liked it. I just kind of missed out Atlantis. I loved SG-1. Just couldn't get in Atlantis, but then 
watched Universe and really, really enjoyed it. We've all been captured by the Wraith at one point or another, haven't we? It's just, uh, important thing is that you were rescued, safe and sound. Basically, what Paul's trying to say is he likes Stargate 1 and Stargate 3, not sure about number 2. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. It's, um... Well, um... I guess I better be going. Right. You got it. See ya. We can see that something is going on. McKay looks troubled. I'm not quite sure what that means, but it looks significant. Defend. Defend. Parry. Strike. Oh. And this is never dull. I'll watch Taylor fight yeah. all day. Definitely better than Worf Klingon Calisthenics. <laughs> I love the way that Taylor's way of ingratiating and bringing him into the crew is to kick the shit out of him. She did it with John. You keep saying I'm a good fighter. You are. Very good. Most of the fight sequences are Rachel, of course. She went to a lot of time and effort to perfect her craft. <laughs> That hand there, that maneuver where he ends up. Oh, oh. Keep your hands off her. Ronan, we were sparring as part of his physical therapy. Let him go. I was watching this tonight with Tanya in the lounge. She's never seen any of Stargate 4, not even yeah. the film. So I kind of gave her a brief rundown of what Stargate is and what's going on in Atlantis. And she was like, this seems. She thought this was a romantic episode. So she's like, oh, they're, they're going to like, get on later. And I was like, oh, maybe not. And then Ronan comes in, picks him up, smashes him against the wall. And he's like, that guy's an arsehole, wasn't he? And then I had, is that back in Game of Thrones? I was like, yeah, it is. Keep, keep yeah, watching. She's nice. What the surface? I always get her name. Claire Rankin, playing Dr. Kate Heitmeyer. She's not quite a major Carter, but she's kind of a couple of levels below, but still. Mm. Yeah. She was in Voyager. Oh, was she? She played Alice in the Voyager Season 6 episode called Alice. Also in Nikita, House, The Mentalist, Charmed, a couple of episodes I Had to Limit. Friends with Rachel Luttrell. Person you're a fan of. No, this is what I do for the podcast. I make uh, notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you know, know the scene with the race? Yeah. yeah. Do you think the race looked like failed heavy metal bands? Yeah. Always got the know, they look like current Finnish heavy metal bands. <gasps> Good use of stock footage. A little bit expensive just to shoot the interior of the Wraith ship again. It's for a few seconds of footage. This would have been a perfect opportunity to show a citizen of the city using the toilet. After all, Tripp spent four years on Enterprise and I'm pretty sure he never used the head once. I did get a little bit of a little bit of a fright at this bit where he wakes up from the dream and you're like, oh no, he's he's woken up, he's had a nightmare. Oh dear, it's a second nightmare. Yeah. The dream within a dream. He has had inception. They look a bit plastic though, don't they? They, they kind of wraith faces. You don't. They look better when they they normally spray them with water to make them look like they're firing. Right. They're normally kind of a bit slimy looking, and which I think is quite cool. Yeah, and the lighting always helps, especially in the high chips. Yeah, it's when, when they're in the daytime, it's not good. Whenever you see Taylor, though, the skin's always glowing. I think someone's got a job of running around with a water bottle. <laughs> Whenever you see Taylor, she's always semi-naked, too. 
well, if you've got an actress that looks like that. It's, yeah. it's very simple. Moisturize me. Moisturize me. <laughs> what did they do? Tell me. We do not know. There is a relationship here. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Taylor's taking that extra step. Many people here have had such dreams. You are not the only one. You think maybe because of her history, she is willing, you know, she's seeing more of the benefit, unlike John, or especially Ronan. Yeah. How would he know what he looked like as a wraith when the wraith do not appear to have any mirrors? Maybe water. Maybe he's up in water, or maybe... I don't know, maybe... He must have seen himself in a reflection or something, or... Maybe the wraith have a whole aspect of beauty we don't know about. You know, maybe after hard days sucking people's souls out of their body and eating them, they, they come in, you know, have a facial. <laughs> yeah, why not? That would be a very disturbing mm. episode on the hive ship with the shooting director and they enter the beauty salon. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whole different side of wraith culture. Any alteration could adversely affect his recovery. I say we remain patient. Wait to see if he has any more dreams. If it's merely psychological, then Dr. Heitmeyer should be able to help him through it. Why do we not just tell him the truth? This guy Ronan, he just looks like a kind of guy that hangs around heavy metal clubs, doesn't he? <laughs> you wouldn't want to mess with him. All the characters, isn't it? Is there a lot of depth to his character outside he's angry about stuff? They develop in a hell of a lot more, yeah. Right. But he was brought in to be the heavy. To kind of do the tilt version on Atlantis. Right. There is a lovely episode with both of them in it later. Yeah, it's a good episode. You could see Dr. Beckett after you leave, have him prescribe something for sleep. I just... I can't help thinking there's more to it. Something's not right with me. Do you feel sick? No. I mean, I feel like... I don't know what it is, but... It's not right. It's not. Everyone around here, I get the feeling like they know something. Something they're not telling me. What was the name of the guy they got rid of in the beginning of season two, the black guy? Ford. He was terrible. He was so boring. Unfortunately, that's the way that we wrote the character, you know. You couldn't have any dissent within the military rank, so he was just a, a yes-man. bit like Mayweather. Mm. I always thought he was going to come back in another form, or as that happened. That's happened. Yeah. There was the opportunity that he could come back, because we never actually saw him die. Yeah. And this is science fiction, after all. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant. Colonel. Where are you off to? My quarters. Dr. Beckett gave me some pills to help me get some sleep. I'll give him a try. No alcohol or heavy machinery. Excuse me? Oh, there you go. Another common phrase he's simply not familiar with. I don't know what happened between us in the past, but if I ever did anything to, to hurt or to upset you, I just wanted to say that I'm sorry. Ronan, shake the man's hand. I don't think so. He's trying to bury the hatchet. The only hatchet Ronan wants to bury is in Michael's head. I would not like to get in between them, but... <laughs> Knock it off! Knock it off! Oh, you've got your hands full, John. That's a nice night shot. Yes. Yeah, the good thing about Atlantis is DJI was coming into its element, so all the exteriors are beautiful. And they did a lot of the DJI in-house as well. Stargate was in production for so long they actually got the budget and set up their own graphics department. Wow. Lieutenant Kenmore, what are you doing up so late? Hell's Dr. Beckett gave me on work. I'm gonna go to the infirmary. After you? 
Oh, so this is where Beckett can sleep in this station. Yes. And that's a nurse who acts as a distraction for the security guards. Dr. Beckett. I don't know how he's managing to sleep in that position. This whole story hinges on Carson being asleep. Yes, and hmm. everybody has a calendar of sheep. Yeah. Cynic Scotland. There's not really much on his calendar, he can't be that busy. <laughs> no. His dear old mum probably sent it to him. I've actually been to Kenmore, it's quite nice. Just an edge of what thing. Right. Convenient that the two security guards are being waylaid by a pretty nurse. Yes, and the North Star isn't played by uh, Miguel Rockford. Mm, oh, the good old days. Yeah, I like how here you have all the information in a sick bay on computer disk. When yeah. they have the most sophisticated computers possible, they're still burning things to a DVD. Yeah. I'm still burning things to a DVD. Yeah, but you don't have like a 150 million budget. No, well, like 150 euro. See, fortunately, it wasn't an Apple notebook or MacBook that they gave him. He didn't have an optical drive. I've seen MacBooks with optical drive. I thought they didn't come with them anymore. Not anymore, they don't know. You've got to buy them separately and plug them in by USB. <laughs> yeah. Beep, 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 beep. So, Mike, how many writers from SG-1 made it over Atlantis, or was it a completely different team? There was, I think, about at least four made the move over, or at least combined the work. I think Alan McCullough, he was a new writer for Atlantis. Right. Because there definitely is a totally different texture of the show, isn't there? Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> I think they had to. That that was the problem. When they looked at doing Universe, you've got to take another step away from what we've done before. This is one of Martin Woods, the director's little touches. He loves his monitors. Always livens up a shot, he says. Oh, the joys of changing disc over. Great days. Until it gets incredibly like dated and you watch films that are set in the future and have CRT monitors and you go, can't watch <laughs> this, can't do it. Day 10, things are getting interesting. Now, if this was practical, it'd be taking him ages to eject a disc, put a disc in, let it load up. Running towards the voice quarters. Well, they don't know he's got the disc. He made sure the camera couldn't see what he's watching. But I'm sure, like, as soon as he got the laptop, some guy stood up and, like, walked out. But he just entered the toilet. They might see from his face that he's less than happy. Yeah. yeah. And he's frantically changing discs. Or maybe he's got really good porn. Or really bad. Yeah. It depends, really. He's like, oh, God, God, what am I looking at? Mom. <laughs> it looks like a dummy. A bit speechless now. Like, oh That's no, new. wait till my mum and Kenmore finds out. I like it if they said, Michael, calm down, look. You're part of an Icelandic heavy metal group. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's hard to imagine how you would react to this. I mean, if I found that out about myself now, I'd, I'd be a bit shocked. But if I had no memory, and I suspected people, I guess in some way for him it seemed like a bit of a relief at this point. 
Uh, maybe. I mean, I know he does have his hand in his face at this point when watching, but he's more annoyed the fact he was lied to. You're probably right. He's realised that all the time he spent with Taylor, John and Elizabeth, they've all been lying through the teeth, Carson especially. At this point, what they know about the Wraith, is that pretty much all they're ever going to know? Is there more kind of revelations to come? There's still a few things they don't know. Right, okay. We learn a lot more when, without giving too much away, Christopher Heyerdahl joins the cast and plays a, a major recurring character. Right. Oh, that Todd. Yeah. I love how we never hear a Wraith name. Yeah, they're just called like Adam and Thomas. <laughs> yeah, Steve, the Wraith. Definitely do that. <laughs> Call you Steve. What rank is it, John? Colonel. The Colonel, he keeps giving him stupid names. Now you'd think you'd make it harder to kill him, but he never has any trouble. The Wraith will stop at nothing to kill every one of us. And we'll stop at nothing to make sure that doesn't happen. You made up everything. My name. The photograph of my parents. Yeah, that was sticking the knife in. It was my decision to keep the truth from you. Why? He's calmed down. I'd be Mm. worried now. It's kind of like, I guess this is the moral issue of the story, isn't it? I mean, is it right what they did? From their point of view, I mean, they could have killed him or they could turn him into a human. Well, you you could argue that it's like looking at the human race, turning the uh, evolutionary clock back and going to, you know, a a distant ancestor, then deciding that that particular shade of skin wasn't Mm. suitable for what you wanted now and engineering it out. You could, yeah, I guess so. Um, I thought you were going to make a comparison to becoming like a monkey. Because I've met some people in my time who act like that. The ethical and moral quandaries, you're thinking, well, if you're going this far, genocide, wipe the wraith out, not try to turn them into humans. This seems a very complex solution to a problem. It is a very complex solution, but I guess the more moral solution than killing them... I figure it's an Irish person came up with it. Nothing you do will ever change that. It's a good job you're Irish, Alan. To give you an example of what's called an Irish solution to an Irish problem, we built tram lines in Ireland, one on the one in the west part of Dublin, one in the east part of Dublin, and in a wonderfully innovative decision, we decided not to link them. <laughs> so there's two depots and two entirely separate tram lines with a 1.2 kilometre distance as their closest approach point. That is outstanding. That's an Irish solution to an Irish problem. Now that's probably the best line in the episode. You did this to suit you, not to help me. Yeah, I did quite like that, but with their... Well, you're not a murderous killing machine for one. Yeah, but like everything, to them, they're not the bad guys. They're just living their lives, feeding on what to them is food. Yeah. I'm not, not. Within their own culture, they're no different to uh, a human settlement. Yeah, they did make a comparison before. I think every time you have a race being talking to the natural order of things, I guess if we had cows that could talk back to us, we would probably feel a lot different than making them into beef burgers. <laughs> yeah, or like in Hitchhikers, we've made meat that could actually say it yeah. wants to be eaten. I've been bred to enjoy being killed. Yeah, that would make it worse. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's a screaming, eat me at you. Like, oh. <laughs> Not enjoying the burger, thought. What makes being human better than being a wraith? They are evil. They kill us. Feed on us, show no mercy, know nothing of compassion. Humans are different. Yes. So what you did to me... Dramatic pause. This is going to be good. That was done out of compassion? Well, not quite. Your feelings of betrayal are understandable, but... It's important you talk about them. Hopefully come to resolve them. 
with you? Yes. Of course. Do you think they were just making, like, a statement about what, like, junkies are like? Because he seems to, like, just behave like a junkie without his fix from now on. Until, like, his face turns all different. I don't think they're going that far. I don't, I don't think... Uh, like, if, if uh, this not... was a Star Trek episode, it would probably be some kind of, like, subversive political statement about drugs. Subversive? <laughs> if it was a TNG episode, they'd be about subtle as a brick to the face. Yeah. <laughs> In the 24th century, we don't come to things like drugs. Wesley. <laughs> it's always Wesley, isn't it? Yeah, because we're really? learning through Wesley's eyes, that's why. Dr. Heitmeyer confirmed he believes he's still experiencing wraith compulsions. Uh, is there anything more you can do to help suppress them? I don't know. It could merely be a psychological manifestation. Well, we should up his dose. Yeah, I know, you said give it more time, but now that he knows what's going on... Things might start going from bad to worse. I agree. He's due for his next injection now. I could go ahead and increase the dosage and monitor him closely. Let's just hope he agrees to take it. Well, if he doesn't, we'll have to insist. Yes, insist. I'm afraid once you start using force and the experiment is pretty much dead and done. And then what? We start the lies all over again? But of course. This is Sergeant Cole. He's played by Douglas Chapman, actor and stuntman. As an actor, he's been in Arrow, Motive, Fringe, V and Continuum. And stunt work, he's done Motive, Arrow, True Justice and movies such as 300, iRobot and Paycheck. And the reason he gets a mention is something bad happens soon. Yes, well, he's quite obviously a redshirt. Well, there's got to be at least one redshirt. Can they not give these guys uniforms instead of the kind of loincloths they're walking around in? Well, Ronan, he, he feels comfortable like that. <laughs> you just know this isn't going to end well. What are you doing? What do you want from me? Your phone number. What else? Just waiting for you to give me a reason to kill you. Strangely enough, Michael is reasonably equal with him strength-wise, even in his human form. Yeah, it does seem that way. You're the only one around here who's been honest with me from the start. Lieutenant Kenmore, the infirmary? It's almost as if his body remembers what it can do. Are you moving? Lieutenant... Count to ten, Michael. Slowly. Don't lose it. There we go. This is Sergeant Cole. Kenmore's escaped. Level five, East Tower. Ronan's also in pursuit. Where were they taking him? To the infirmary. Why not take the injection to him? For his diabetes. Yes, Ronan never goes anywhere without his really big gun. No, he doesn't. Uh, somewhere I don't think he's compensating for anything. <laughs> now, poor Sergeant Cole, he's got a little stunner. <laughs> the bad guy's got a 9mm and you've got a stunner. That's not fair. Drop your weapon. Just take it easy, Lieutenant. Stop calling me that. Drop your weapon. Yes, because the bad guy's more valuable than you are. Don't do it. Oh. Wasn't he wearing one of those special vests that saved... I don't know if it was a full armoured protection or he's just his... Mm, well. Oh, creepy. <laughs> Although, really. At least he didn't lick the corpse. Oh! <laughs> oh, that just saved your life, Michael. Figured you'd forget to set it to stun. Forget? No, I didn't forget. It's amazing he hesitated so long. 
I think Ronan wanted him to see his face, so I killed you. Yeah. At that range, he took his head off. I think he wanted to give him a Matrix quote, you know? Because I'm sure John's shown it to him. Dodge this. <laughs> Even locked up, it's too dangerous. We can take him to the Alpha site. I'll sedate first so I won't know where it is. Yes, because they can't take him to uh, the Gamma site because that blew up. How did that blow up again? Self-destructed after he got invaded by flesh-eating beetles. Oh, that episode. <laughs> With like the mummy meets Stargate. That's right. He killed one of your people. Your experiment didn't work. I should kill him right now. We can't kill him, Ronan. We're the ones who put him in this position. Now, hold on a minute, Doc. If we hadn't given him the retrovirus, he'd still be a wraith. We wouldn't think twice about killing him. But we did give him the retrovirus. We made him human. Now we have the responsibility to treat him as we would any other. He's not human. He's a wraith. If actually Ronan had killed him, this would have saved so much hassle. The frightening thought is that maybe they'd go and capture another wraith and try it again. Oh, I would. Because it's Carson again. He, he's kind of the mastermind behind all this. I'd probably be more cool if I'd capture a wraith. I feel it's appropriate to give a uh, Big Bang Theory quote here. Go on then. Carson's one lap accident away from being a supervillain. <laughs> he is, actually. I mean, if I was Carson, I'd get another one and then just break his spine so he's in a wheelchair. You don't have to have him running around. Given the right healing ability, that wouldn't take something <laughs> <laughs> After he was responsible for killing off dual states character, he should have dropped it. You'll be transported to another planet where we are establishing an off-world base. You want to keep me from learning more about Atlantis? You're afraid that if a Wraith ship comes close enough, I'll communicate with them. Now, fortunately, this prison cell does have a force field because those bars are a long way apart. Yeah. I didn't want to kill him. I just wanted to escape. To get out of this place. We would like to continue the drug treatments. Dr. Beckett believes that an increased dose would fully suppress any wraith urges you may still be experiencing. He didn't want any of this. That's the problem. It's like bringing home a wild dog then surprised when he turns around and bites you. All of this up to the jumper bay. EEG, defib, cardiograph. On cross-check the medications on the list again. We make certain we're good for at least a week. Got a lot of equipment to take with us. From what I understand, the office site's not exactly set up for this kind of work. It's not set up for much of anything yet, I'm afraid. Hey, how are you holding up? Oh, I don't know, because of me, a man is dead. You can't blame yourself for that. Elizabeth, I'm the one who developed the retrovirus. I'm the one who pushed for this experiment. Of course I'm to blame. <laughs> yes, you were. Good lad, take responsibility. So, Mike, what does he actually sound like in real life? Has he got Scottish accent at all? No, pure Canadian. He spent most of his life in Canada, but he's got family still living in Scotland, so when he when he goes back home, you know, the accent comes back. I've noticed that with my sister-in-law. She spent years in Dublin and then in a rural part of uh, Meath, but after half an hour on the phone with her parents, she sounds pure Carl. I shoot him again. The poofy tents, as they said in the commentary. And the first look we have of uh, the new Alpha site, gravel pit with three tents. They didn't really blow the budget on it. Mm-hmm. It is all right. You are safe. What happened? You were sedated for transport to the Alpha site. That's not going to hold him. <laughs> That's really going to restrain him, isn't it? <laughs> I think they should have left him on the base for a little bit longer. Nah, they had a budget. They wanted to switch sets at least once. <laughs> Not use the standing sets, you know, the actors get bored of them. 
Yeah, and they need the excuse that when he does escape, he manages to do evade capture and get to the gate and away. Could have done that on the city. You know the, the uniforms, like, if you look at what Carson's wearing, it looks like he's about to go cycling. <laughs> yeah, he does a bit, doesn't it? I saw a guy going, come into the tattoo shop today in the full Lycra unitard and <laughs> impossible to stand up straight in shoes. Now, you read that. I gotta say, by the way, Carl looks fairly built here. Ah, uh, yeah. Free me. Free me. Oh, you wouldn't believe how much Peter DeLuise kept going on about his biceps. I mean, serious. Speaking of someone who's obviously spent a considerable amount of time, because my tattoo took three hours, staring at my own bicep today. Well, when you see him standing next to Ronan, yeah. his arms are bigger than Ronan's. Let me help you. Ronan's about five foot across. Wait, well, Because I'm not really too familiar with this. Is this like a common rape ability to have this kind of ability to not hypnotise people, but certainly suggest things to them. With Taylor, yes, because her ancestors and herself, they were experimented on by a race scientist, mixing the genetic structures together. Right. So she can actually telepathically commune with Wraith. What happened to her face? She's under the whammy. No, I mean, there's a cut on her cheekbone. Wraith foreplay. Oh, don't do it, Taylor. Don't do it. Snap out of it, woman. Snap out of it. The only one willing to show compassion. Compassion. Velcro for easy access. Thank you, Taylor. I knew I could count on you. Uh, he's already got under under his mind rape. Yeah. Wouldn't it just be easier just to walk her out there rather than grab her neck? Uh, perhaps the control isn't as fine. Someone would have noticed, you know. Taylor's walking funny. Where'd they go? Up the ridge. Bravo team's on the way. It's interesting that Ronan's gone all, uh, how can I put this? He looks like he's been on a shipwreck. <laughs> They're a little bit worried about this scene, because it looks like he's doing something totally different. I know. You're angry. I lied to you. But you had no right to do this to me. I won't let you experiment on me anymore. <laughs> I was thinking the sword reminds me of, oh god, I've drawn a blank. Orange character, extendable stun tongue. Oh, Doggo. Thank you. The problem is, you see, it's a dyslexic thing. Because he played Drogo, my brain kind of went, no, it's not Drogo. Good. But you uh, can't follow him, right? I mean, that's your thing. Among many other things. Yes, he's a tracker after all. <laughs> no pressure. I always love it on TV when you see someone tracking this way, and I'm like, the forest looks all the same. Ah, <laughs> oh, this one twig was broke two hours ago. How do you know? This was a little far-fetched. Taylor can't really see the DHD. She'd be brilliant at Pictionary. <laughs> yeah, she would. Yeah. Fortunately, she also cut out the label on her panties this week. <laughs> that would have been embarrassing. I like how she can draw symbols backwards, I can't do that. Are they dead or just unconscious? Hard to tell really, he probably knocked him out because he grabbed the gun after the fact. Just don't run Taylor, make him drag you. Run Ronan, run. Yeah, Faster. She's running with him. You're a good point, he could just come through there. Ronan doesn't strike me as someone that will stop. <laughs> I'd like to leap into the Stargate if it's going offline. Yes, commit yourself Jason. <laughs> make it look good. 
What is this place? Dark and spooky. That way. Just follow the yellow bit road, and the great wizard will make you a real boy all over again. We need to figure out the last address dialed, if that's even possible. We need to get McKay out here. No, we don't. Trust me, he's the only one who can figure this stuff out. Look. What I'm thinking is, she doesn't need to see the DHD. If she looks at the gate, she'll see what symbols are lighting up. Well, I'm still impressed. And she can see the gate. How much further must we walk? All rest up ahead. I suppose you could argue again, he, you know, he's using his insidious mind powers to control her a bit. Yeah. There are wraith nearby. Yeah, I mean, if you were His face down, is starting to change. Yeah, he's got his eyes. It is not too late. We can still go back. Dr. Beckett can give you an injection and take away the pain. No! This is how it's supposed to be. I'm returning to what I was. In Enterprise, he never really went the full prosthetics route, did he? Unlike some of the characters. No, I don't think he ever had any kind of alien transformation. Maybe except... Third nipple. <laughs> the third nipple, yeah. <laughs> well, he had, um, when they go into the kind of expanse, he has that kind of dried ground effect on his face that they all have, you know, the kind of cracked skin that looks pretty sore. Yeah. Was he not in the episode very early on where they devolved? No, that's, that's, that's TNG. But there was no, the one. No, 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 there oh, was an early Enterprise oh, episode. Oh, I know, I know the one you mean. They're looking they... for Airquat. Yeah, the Unquat. <laughs> It was Archer, Hoshi, and Reed, Reed that evolved. They are coming. I know. And I will return to them. Oh, there we go. He looks like something out of Buffy now. He does a bit, doesn't he? He does, doesn't he? Does. <laughs> uh, you know, when you mentioned Puppet Picard, I immediately went to Smile Time. <laughs> what will you do with me? Feed on me? Is that why you brought me all this way? Peter Deloise, we were talking about his prosthetics, and he says, hang on a minute, he did Javi's bat wounds, didn't he, when he had that gel scene with Little Miss Muffet. If you listen to the commentary, Peter Deloise has got a fascination with Connetron here. Bit unerring. I feel that even more. Oh dear, you're a lunch. Then go ahead. So he's got his hand vagina, he feeds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take me, you beast, you. I think if I was being held hostage by a wraith, I wouldn't encourage him to feed. No, I'm not tasty at all. Hesitation, what's up with him? I am not a bowl of Kellogg's brand flakes. That's always a problem with bad guys. Never hesitate. So what do you guys think are the scary enemy, the wraith or the gold? The wraith probably edge at that type of wraith, mm. not the the minions. Yeah, I don't get the minions. Can you explain them? Because I always thought the, the, the equivalent of walker ants, I think. Yeah, with generic faceplates to mm. save money. He completely transformed back into a wraith. No, not completely, but well on his way. His reversion occurred at a much more accelerated rate than we anticipated. Unfortunately, his memory of what we did to him remained intact. Should have killed him when I had the chance. He's right. We are totally screwed. Not only has our dear lieutenant rejoined the Wraith, but he's taken with him the knowledge that Atlantis still exists. And knows what type of intel he was able to pick up during his stay. They will send another wave of Hive ships. Probably already on their way. And this time, I'm guessing they're not going to fall for the whole invisibility trick. Not this time, Rodney. Not again. We need to come up with a new defense plan. 
Run away! We're gonna need more firepower. Always do, John. Always do. Mm. So, like, did they explain why they were gonna walk with just a budget saving thing, as you said? The ships are called hives. They've got a queen, so they've got kind of workers and drones, and they have the kind of the fancy wraiths that do all the intermediate work. They get the full prosthetics. But the you know the dog soldiers like they're just the uh, face mask ones. James Lafazanos, who normally plays all the rays, there's only one of him. <laughs> and didn't that just you, boy? And that was Michael. Like I say, the first appearance of Conor Trinia in the series. He will eventually appear in ten episodes of Atlantis. I was surprised at that. I thought it was more, to be honest. Hmm. He looms large. I think more so because he's in a lot of key episodes, and those he's in, he is literally the focal point of them. Oh, I'd say he got more screen time than several other uh, characters combined. The only person that even came close to him in screen time was Rachel. Well, yeah, because <laughs> he does develop kind of a fascination with Taylor. He wouldn't. <laughs> I say in the commentary again, Peter, he was very chatty actually, talking about Connor's journey here. He was talking with him and Connor says, he won't take the show down the cancellation route, unlike Enterprise. Uh-huh. A couple of years, but eventually the show cancelled as well. <laughs> How many seasons did Atlantis run for? Five, wasn't it? Yes, fine. It's a very abrupt ending, I thought. You could sense that they were sort of going, oh crap, we've been cancelled, let's stuff everything into the last episode. The only good thing about it is perhaps one of the best episodes of Stargate ever was the uh, second to last episode of the series. In my opinion, of course. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. We got some feedback on our Facebook group for last week's episode and accompanying screenshot gallery. We'll begin with Becky Knight Truitt. Not a huge fan of season 9 or 10, but did like this one. I replied, our Atlantis discussions have been slightly edging out our SG-1 shows in terms of downloads, so many might agree with you. Andrew wonders, seasons 9 and 10 equals Fargate FG-1. Gate Tech Alpha 6, interesting, I've always heard after season 8, more people got on board with Atlantis. Some good humour early off, and yes, Cam is a master pickpocketer. Jeff Wolseley. I love that picture of Sam with the guy in the lab coat. Can you see the shift key? It's there, on the keyboard. It's used to make capital letters when typing. Why don't you try using it when writing reports? I hate you and your tie. I replied, wonderful acting, Amanda's breath on your cheek. Such control. Lisa Marie Dussac? Notice it, notice it, come on, notice it. Thomas Shot posted, Spoilers, I have not read or watched up to this season of Game of Thrones. Please don't spoil it for me, gents. I replied, I remember cutting bits out to remove obvious spoilers, but there comes a point when it's impossible to talk about a show without mentioning what happens. Anyway, cut some more out of the Game of Thrones in that episode and uploaded a new version. Thomas replied, Yeah, I heard Alan start in and was scrambling to grab my iPod and try jumping past. Failed to do so. But it wasn't much so far as I can tell. Just the one standing over a body, dagger in hand, etc. And finally, Gate Tech Alpha 6. Laugh out loud at the random scientist B. Thanks everyone who posted and thanks to all our followers on Twitter for keeping things busy and interesting. So if you want to get in touch with us you can do so in many ways. We have a contact form on the gatecast.co.uk website and our email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Google Plus under Gatecast or you can find us under a general Stargate search. And on Twitter we are at the Gatecast, which is one word. The podcast is also listed on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio and we would love to have reviews and ratings on those services. But more importantly, stay tuned and enjoy the show. Let's return to Michael. Okay, Adam and Paul, have a good time? Enjoy that? Yeah, that was really good. 
it was so good to watch something that wasn't Star Trek because <laughs> we're about the end of season three Enterprise now, and then we're on a network, so we often pop up on other people shows that are always Star Trek based. So kind of nice to do something a bit different. Yeah, give a book for that while you're here. Well, we are part of the Trekmate family, which I think is a network we cover every Star Trek series plus some general discussion shows as well. But our our particular focus is Enterprise. Uh, so find us on trekmate.org.uk or trekmatefamily.com, both work. And we normally come out every week without fail, apart from the last couple of weeks we're in a bit dodgy. Yeah, we're, we're trying to get back on schedule. The reason we started recording bonus episodes was we found that when we go offline in season for a week or two, we lose listeners. And frankly, we can't afford to lose listeners. We don't have enough <laughs> listeners. We put out an episode every week, pretty much. I mean, I think we've had one or two gaps. Our bonus episodes, we had the good idea once of saving up bonus episodes for when we couldn't have time to put out a regular episode. But instead, we just like, should we take a week off and do a bonus? Mm-hmm. We'll be back to normal soon. Yeah. Probably. I've been listening to previously in the Alpha Quadrant for a while now, and the Trekmate family of programmes take up a lot of space on my iPod when I'm at work. And which is your favourite? Uh, which is my favourite? Probably In the Wilderness. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those guys are just ridiculously stupid at times. <laughs> I, I quite like that they, they used to, a lot of episodes they would try and phone me at like three in the morning, and I'm glad they stopped doing that now. In fact, I think there was one or two episodes where they'd actually come on at like three in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, I am not stupid enough to leave my computer on. Yeah, they keep demanding me call in with a French accent. They think that Jarak is Jarak. Jarak. <laughs> okay then, folks, and that was Michael. Next week, we are back on SG1 with the episode Crusade, and Thomas will be joining us for that. But for now, many thanks to Adam and Paul for joining us. As I said, they're hosts of the previously in the Alpha Quadrant, the Enterprise podcast, part of the Trekmate Network family of podcasts. You can find that at trekmate.org.uk. Thanks very much, guys, for joining us. Yeah, thanks. It was uh, really hey, good to... Yeah, thanks, thanks, guys. It was an absolute pleasure, and I love Stargate, so it's a bit of a treat to talk about rather than Enterprise. It was a nice touch having someone new, reasonably new to the episode as well. Mm. There's a lot of episodes, when we watch them, we uh, like to think we're watching them again for the first time to experience the, the mystery. Yeah, that's me, because I've only seen most of these episodes once. <laughs> Okay then, thank you for joining us. I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And we've been Adam and Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Good lads. See you next week, folks. Ta-ra. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.